What's up, everybody? Episode 26, where it's okay to disagree in the hobby. It's fun. Um, my DMs have been an interesting place for the last 48 hours after putting out that episode about uh, the Joker. Um, <clears throat> people did not like my opening salvo here where I spent time going over the headlines and talking about all the uh, accomplishments and all the great things that were going to happen, Disney movies and you name it. And of course, I'm leading everyone down the path thinking that I'm talking about Joker, but it turned out I was talking about Giannis. And oh boy, um, I guess people felt a little rug pulled there, you know? And there's a lot of, you know, Giannis folks out there. And uh, you don't have to agree with my take. Uh, what, I, what I'm trying to get across on it is um, it all does come down to economics. I've had a lot of good conversations today. And I'm going to read one. I'm going to read a fun one. Just because it's, I, I guess it's worth it. You know, you guys could hear, you know, some of the stuff that goes on, some of the, you know, the commentary. And as you listen, the important thing to remember is when we go and we talk every couple of days, we're talking about the cards, we're talking about the hobby. We're talking about the pricing of the cards and the goal of my, um, you know, conversation on Wednesday was I think it's time to sell Jokic. Not because he's a horrible player, not because, you know, he didn't just win the championship, uh, not because I don't think he wins another MVP or another championship. I think he very well may. And, you know, if he happens to win one championship and three MVPs, then maybe he's not Giannis. Then he's Moses Malone. <laughs> so I don't know how many of you guys out there listening are Moses Malone people, but I digress. Ready for this? Okay. I've listened a long time and appreciate you need a position on one side or the other to be most successful, and verbalizing the minority naturally draws the most contrary position to you. Good, good use of verbiage. Having said this, your, jokel, your joke, joker dismissal is so contrived. I will say this. Most people agreed with my take. I'm just going to throw that out there. There were some probably people who have bought Joker's cards recently who disagreed, but but this there were some some points, right? I wanna... The man plays all season in Denver and trains at 6,400 feet in Red Rocks. He ran nine games in a row against AD and Bam and won eight of them while leading the entire NBA in points, rebounds, and assists. First time ever. He accumulated 10 triple doubles in a single playoff. First time ever. He dropped 30-20-10 in the finals, first time ever, and he dropped 14 dimes in his first finals game. The most by any player ever in their first finals game. Pretty specific stat. If you actually understood basketball and watched the Nuggets play, there's no comp to Kawhi or Giannis. Check his final stats against KD's best scoring, Duncan's best rebounds, and Magic's best assists, and he bests each, but all in the same season. All valid. Guy had a great season. Guy had great numbers. Just won a championship. Could have, and some would argue should have won his third straight MVP. Something that hasn't been done since, I think, Larry Bird. My response, of course, after hearing if you actually understood basketball was, I guess he got me. I must not understand basketball. Wait. Joke, it's fantastic. Never said he wasn't. But now's the time to sell. I stand by that, and time will prove it to be the correct position. 
I got the exact message from a listener after Giannis had his amazing finals run in 2021, a finals where he was better than Jovic. He just was. It's not even debatable. Giannis had a better finals when he won. Giannis didn't win in 2022, even though everybody thought he was going to, and he didn't win in 2023, and his collector base has dwindled, and his prices have also decreased. Joker's a fine player. Might even crack top 25 all-time when it's all said and done. Another ring might even be top 20, right there with Moses Malone and all the collectors he has. With you, all roads lead to Jokic. That's actually in this person's... Um, Instagram profile. <laughs> With me, I watch many big men play. Saw Shaq's whole career. Saw Duncan. Jokic is just not that guy, and I don't think he ever will be. Back and forth. Back and forth. And I guess I read this to you guys because I don't want to take away from Joker's accomplishments this year. As a matter of fact, I grew to be a fan of his. I think there were some... some Videos that I made about how he looked like he was me out there playing basketball. Well, the more I watched during the playoffs, the more I realized that probably is something I should take back because he's playing the center position like no center's ever played it before. I mean, Shaq, who I just made a comparison to, was a brute force out there and was almost unstoppable. But not because of a skill level, mostly because of his size. And Duncan was all fundamentals. Duncan was just doing it all the right way. Bank shots and the like. Played great defense. Joker's kind of an artist out there, you know? He's a passer, even though he's huge. And we've never really seen that before. That said, I still say sell. And it's because we've seen it. We've seen it a bunch of times, and it always comes down to supply and demand, and it always will. I'll try to find another conversation that I had with somebody today that kind of goes over it, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of passion here. It's hard to find because I had so many conversations about uh, Joker, and give him some credit, you know? Um, You know? It's a lot of fun. So I got another another you know lengthy conversation about this, the same. And um, my explanation, I guess, is pretty helpful, right? Folks were talking about market cap, uh, you know, Joker's market cap, and that I didn't do a good job by talking about how he beat the Heat, which was not really a test because they were an eight seed and beat the Lakers. And, um, you know, the Suns were the second best team in the NBA and had top players. I said, yeah, the Suns were the test, and they won. Here's the thing. I'm gonna take take Jokic out, take Joker out, Jokic out for a second. Um, forget about it being the last two years, bubble and decline in cards. People get emotional when it's their guy. So my my comp was Giannis. That's a good one. Two MVPs in a ring. Last year, everyone had him winning another. He could have. Same this year. Right now, his prices are not a one ring, two MVP price for the Joker. Right. Cards, prices, very different than fantasy and actual performance. I was even comping them to Mahomes. They, the guy won and his prices came down. He had an MVP and a Super Bowl, his prices came down. And our hobby, the initial hype, the first win, and the hope, the hype, the potential, that's when prices peak because demand peaks. Now, here's where it gets fun. People don't want to hear this, right? Because they just want to hear Joker's great, his cards are priced where they are now, 
And if he wins again, they're going to be priced higher. And if he wins an MVP, it's going to be priced even higher. But here's where it gets fun. True fans, like the people who are in my DMs defending their guy and telling me that I'm wrong, they say he's going to win three rings and he's going to win three MVPs. So they don't sell. Right now, they don't sell. Joker especially, right? This is a guy who, you know, the, the production level on uh, Prism that year is significantly smaller than it's been the last couple of years where we've seen just mass production of Luca and Zion and Ja and Lamella. A lot less out there. And these guys, they're hoarding it because they believe in him. They believe that he's going to win another one, which means there's less supply right now less available supply at the time where demand is the greatest. So if you listened to me and you put one of his cards up for sale now, you'd be one of the few listing it when people are looking for it and the price will be higher. But even if he wins, people are just going to say he met his potential. All of a sudden, that supply comes out and there'll be less demand at the time. This is what people don't get. It's what people don't understand. It is supply and demand. It is economics. It is a lot of fun. And while I'd ask you guys, I should look up what episode it is, but Andrew and I had this conversation about Giannis, where he wanted me to buy a National Treasures RPA of Giannis at $125,000 and said that was a steal and it was all going to go up because Giannis was that guy. He had just won a championship and he was going to win another. And look at you know how dominant the Bucks team was and you know, once he wins his second championship on top of a second MVP and then, you know, goes from there, he's basically Mahomes. He's he's the guy. He's even better. You know, he's going to be the, the next LeBron, the next Jordan, whatever you want to call it. And I was, I mean, if you remember, if you're a watcher, I was beating myself in the head because he, it wasn't sinking in. Giannis can be great. He can put up great career numbers just like Joker can. But the time to sell Giannis was that initial hype, that initial peak. And part of the reason has nothing to do with, you know, what he did. It's the fan base, right? At that point in time, just like all of these folks are in my DMs telling me that Joker's only going to get better from here. What happens because of that is that those are the people who have his cards. Those are the people that have his cards, and those are the people who are not going to just dump his cards because they believe he's going to be better. And because of that, if you are somebody who sells, you're going to get the better price. Now, the second part of this, I talked to somebody else about this today too. People are like, oh, you know, the next the next uh, Joker Prism Gold that comes out is going to sell for a ton. It's going to sell for, yeah, here we go. I said, all the Jokic believers already have their cards. Anyone who buys now is a speculator and likely one that's not seasoned. They'll be quicker to sell. This person tells me, I'm hearing there's a $200,000 offer for his gold Prism 10. Rumors, but it wouldn't surprise me. And I explained gold is very different. That a 10, black one of ones, very different. This person says, if a sale like that hits publicly, it could ignite the rest of the market. I'm hoping you guys are now saying to yourself, Remember when Cage did the episode about the rock one of one and explained that when those limited ones sell, those goals, those one of one sell, the people out there who haven't been doing this for that long assume that there is a trickle down effect and that when you get that high priced 
card, that rare card sells for high price, it rolls down and all of the cards have the same impact it, it, and, and everything gets pulled up, right? Sort of a rubber band type of effect. But that's not true. And I explain. That's another falsity. It's what people expect and they're always wrong. Check out the episode about the Rock 1 of 1 selling for 126K. I said, explain it. Gold's out of 10. People see a big sale, rush to sell their blue, silver, and prism thinking domino effect. If the gold is 200K, my light blue has to be X. My silver has to be X. More supply comes out. Doesn't matter who it is. Doesn't matter if it's rock or whatever it is. The supply comes out. This person didn't want to give it up. That's the thing. The prism on Joker is so rare. I said, listen, this is take it out of Joker. Take it out of your love for that player. It's purely supply and demand. A gold sale has no bearing on silvers and base. Golds need two whales bidding against each other. Doesn't want to give it up. Look at eBay right now. There's one light blue 10. No purples or oranges, one green 10. And this is where it gets important, folks, right? Because I know it's tough. I know emotions are there. But it really just is supply and demand, right? So look at eBay. There's not much there. And I explain. And this is why you sell now. Because you'll be the only one available. Everyone's looking for it now because he just won. And you'll be the one that's out there. So if two people want it, it's almost like a one of one. Or a gold out of ten. People have to bid it up. And we just saw that last night on Golden's auction. A silver PSA 10 sold for almost $4,000. $3,900. Go take a look. I posted it in my story. $3,900. That's a crazy run-up in the last two months. And I can almost guarantee you that if you brought $3,000 cash with you to the National next month, you can get that card. That just went for $3,900. That's how confident I am that people are just overreacting now. And because there's not a huge amount of supply out there, but then the reverse happens. Watch. He wins another ring or another MVP. And guess what happens? All of a sudden, eBay has five light blues and several of the other colors. Now you're not the only one selling. Everyone is. Because it's people who bought. It's people who are speculating. And now that that potential has become kinetic energy-wise. That, that maybe winning another MVP actually turned into another MVP. And it's supply and demand. To make money here, if that's what you're looking to do, you have to be a risk manager, and an economist. And remember, it is all about supply and demand. That's it. That's the key. And I'm sure there'll be people who disagree with me entirely and will you know, continue to bang the drum that his cards are different, they're rarer, they're... Okay. Time will tell. Take a look at that $3,900 sale. It was a $3,700 sale this week at Prism Silver. And that's the card I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a gold... Those are rare. Even if you didn't win, if a gold came up, I'd probably sell for a ton of money. If I were holding, I'd be selling. All right, so that's I beat the hell out of that one. But there were some... I love both of those conversations, by the way. Love back and forth on both of them. And I hope that, you know, by kind of reading them out there, um, you guys kind of get some of the benefit of the back and forth. Um, that's really the only reason why I, uh, you know, I put it out there. Um, love the back and forth, love the passion of some of the collectors. And let me just put a little before, you know, jumping over to topic number two, put a little, a little asterisk on this.
there are people out there who love this guy and have been collecting him and don't care about whether the price went from 3000 to 3900 or 2500 to 3900 They just want to own the card. And I think there might be more of that for uh, the Joker than most. Um, I'm obviously not talking to you. <laughs> You know, but I am talking to the people who are looking to, you know, buy who got in and are looking to sell and people who are looking to make money. And if there are, you know, anybody out there who has that card right now, somebody messaged me and said that they believe because of the production numbers on the uh, Joker Prism Silver, they believe that that card will peak higher than Lucas Silver because there were just so many more Lucas. Now, Joker's card should be more than Lucas at first, right? Because he's actually done something. Lucas got a lot, a lot of potential. Who knows what's going to happen? And there's significantly more Lucas Silvers. But when I reminded this person that Lucas Silver PSA 10 peaked at ten thousand dollars, they still said, "Sure, it's going to get there." I think that is silly. I think we're seeing the peak on that card. I think you know to say that the Joker Silver is going to go to ten k is. Um, borderline silly so anyway there it is i don't want to have two episodes on this because there is some interesting news and i kind of want to give my commentary on this right um and remember guys the title of this episode is it's okay to disagree in the hobby and i'm 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 you know i'm reading out these conversations because at the end of it you know even though i was told i don't watch basketball or don't understand basketball the flip side to that without saying it out loud is i do understand pricing I do understand supply and demand and, you know, and economics. And for what we are doing here, I think that's a little more important. Um, but I think I understand basketball pretty well, too. But we had a good conversation. All of these were good conversations. Um, and they're points and counterpoints. And I think it's important to, you know, to, to um, you know, to talk about that. That it's okay to disagree. Um, you know, whether you believe LeBron makes his teammates better or not, we can have a conversation about it. And move on, you know, and not say, okay, you were right, you were wrong, you were this, you were that. We were all allowed to, you know, have our points, make our points, and disagree. Um, so the news I'm talking about, which will clearly make the news week um, next week early on, is eBay. eBay announcing just kind of out of the blue, it looked like, with no real um, warning. I don't know the, the backdrop of it, but it looks like they're going to put some... Uh, some limitations on who can sell break spots on eBay. I guess it shouldn't be a surprise. Um, I like throwing ideas out there, um, but there should be some form of qualification for breakers anyway. Um, you know, like a breaker certification course is something I've floated as an idea myself. Maybe P. Ryan and I should come up with a combination collector's society slash breakers certification course. Um, you know, as a lawyer, you got to take ethics classes and that kind of stuff and, you know, refresh that continuing education over time. Um, it would make sense for breakers to do that too. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me with, you know, fanatics now launching their live. If breaking companies or platforms that had breaks, um, if they decided that there would be some form of, I don't want to call it a uniform standard, but each of the companies has got to come up with their own standards of who can and can't break, especially when you see kind of the stuff that's out there. Um, I will say this, 
I think you're 20 minutes in, and I appreciate you guys for for being here. Please, if you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed yet, hit the subscribe button. Um, I do watch those things, and I thank you for it. I appreciate it. But if you're 20 minutes in, you guys, you know, you know my take. If you look at my page, the videos that get the most views are the ones about breakers scamming people. I'll say it again. The videos that get the most views are, are the ones are about breakers scamming people. They're the ones that get the most interaction. They're the ones that get the most comments. They're the ones that are shared the most so that people can see it, which I guess is a good thing, right? So that you learn about the breakers. But, you know, people hiding the downtowns and people having bounties on Pokemon cards and them disappearing. Um, it's sort of sensational, right? It's like a, a car accident that you can't drive by. You have to watch it. You have to slow down and see what's going on. And that I can see that play out in, in the videos on my on my page. Um, and I think it makes sense that if this is the stuff that's getting shared, right. And the new people who are coming in the hobby, who are going to be looking for the, you know, the videos that get the most watch time, the most eyeballs. And it's this breaker did that wrong. And this breaker did that wrong. And, you know, this breaker got away with this. It makes sense that a company like eBay would want to limit and restrict who is able to sell break spots. And limit it to people that are known entities to them. Kind of sucks because a lot of um, a lot of companies, a lot of you know small mom and pop, I'll call them breakers, kind of popped up during this you know COVID. And I mean, I know there are you know smaller players that do breaks. Um, you know, it, it looks like they're gonna be very limited. Who sells on eBay? I will say this, you know, I looked at eBay recently and, you know, saw the breaks listed. It's sloppy. It's very hard, you know, to see what's going on. Um, very hard to see the breaks listed on there. I know a lot of companies do it. It's probably going to, you know, be a pain in the butt for some of them. Maybe it'll just be a flight of some of those smaller, you know, folks to drip and, you know, some of the other smaller online sales platforms. It doesn't surprise me. Right, because this is a big business with a lot of money changing hands. And I do believe that for the next generation, that is how people will enter the hobby. Where previously it was go to a store, go to a show, and buy a box, buy a pack, open it yourself, look for a card, make a trade at a show, you name it. Um, the world is less that. I mean, we see so much of the hobby is Instagram-based now. All the content that's on there, everything is sort of internet-based. So I do believe that the way to get new people into the hobby is its not the way I would do it. Um, it's not the way that I learned. Um, but I think the next frontier for the hobby, that's already started, is that online breaking. You know, breaking on Twitch, breaking on whatnot, Loop, Drip, um, you know, Fanatics Live, um, you know, whatever platforms, eBay, um, whatever platforms are going to be there. And I think that, it, you know, if, if they want to keep people, if these companies want to keep people in the hobby and they want to keep them spending money, then it does make sense that they're keeping an eye on sort of regulating it. Um, I'm, I think we did a video a while back where I, I think I made a comment that breaking, breaking was basically just like a, an unregulated casino. And um, I don't know how long it stays that way. And I think this, you know, eBay move here might just be one step towards maybe self-regulation as the first step of what's going on with breaking. 
because when you see people being taken advantage of and then you extrapolate that out to this is how we think new people are going to come in. If a new person does some research and says, okay, I want to do breaks, but the big videos are all about people getting scammed in breaks. That's something that the big companies are going to want to change because I think that is kind of like the, the gateway to the hobby for the next crew over the next five, 10 years. So interesting. Check it out. Um, I try to keep these to 25 minutes. That's going to be where we are. I'm going to be doing a, um, I'm going to be doing Coffee with Cage live next week. And for those who are within earshot on this, who are listening, um, I'll post about it. I'll put it up there. Probably do five o'clock Eastern time or something like that on Friday. Um, and you know, it's one week from today. So it'll be Friday the 23rd. Um, I think I'm going to do it. You know, it'll be live on YouTube, but I think I'm going to do it on drip. Um, I want to do some giveaways. I want to give some stuff out to you guys. I want to do some freebies and it's easy to do it that way with labels and printouts and stuff. Um, maybe even, I could do, you know, give something to anybody who asks questions that we actually ask on the show. Trying to do something different. Um, trying to test a different platform out on that. Maybe do some trivia on there and find a way to kind of do giveaways and give back to you guys. Um, so stay tuned for that. I think in, in a week we'll have that uh, next version of Coffee with Cage, the next version of, uh, of uh, maybe we'll break some boxes. You know, I got some fun stuff. We did 90s Marvel once. Maybe we'll bring on the first edition of Cage Breaks. Thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy your weekend.